Welcome to Dentology, the Business of Dentistry podcast. In this podcast, we delve into the non-clinical aspects of dentistry with inspirational guests from across the profession. You will hear incredible life stories, pick up valuable business tips and be entertained. I'm Andy Acton and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Drevens. So here we are, Dentology podcast. <laughs> We've made it all the way to we Portugal. Have. And we have, we have. Miguel Stanley, thank you so much. Absolute pleasure for having yeah, us in your Thank you. Thanks for making the trip out. Yeah, I'm that's really, brilliant. really grateful. It's Thank so you. cool. And we're in Miguel's practice in Lisbon, the White Clinic. It's it's next level, isn't it? It is. It's like science fiction. I was going to say, yeah, I, I'm not a big science fiction fan, but we just had a tour. Yeah. And it's as close as you can get to science fiction. It's a remarkable space. Yeah, it, definitely. it really is. Thank you. A lot of hard work. So to kick off, your, your career has been well documented. But what do we need to know about your early life that gives us an insight to the person you are today? It's an interesting question, and um, I guess, well, I was born in South Africa. Oh, really? Yeah. Whereabouts? Durban, South Africa. Oh, right. Been to Durban. <laughs> my mother's from Manchester. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Where my father's from? Uh, so I'm half British, uh, half English, and um, um, my father was Portuguese, and I moved to Portugal in 1983, and I actually travelled by boat, sailboat. No, no technology. How, how do you interest? Where, where feels at home to you? Portugal. Yeah, right, Portugal. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm sorry it took so long to, to reply that to my Portuguese viewers, um, because I don't consider home to be a geographic location. Right. I consider it to be where my family lives, so mm. the, where most of right. my family lives. Yeah. So like a tribe, I guess I'm a bit of a... One, but many years ago, uh, in 2004, there was a European Cup, Football Cup. I'm not a big football fan, but there was a game where England played Portugal. I think Beckham was playing. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah Wayne yeah, Rigney, yeah. I remember and, that one. And, uh, I went to the game. Yeah. And I actually took uh, a, a, a England shirt and a Portuguese scarf. I said, you know, oh, do I have a good match? And <laughs> cover cover both bases. And halfway through the match, I realised now I'm Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, and I, um, I so yeah, born in South Africa, but I was born in 1973, so I'm almost 50. Right. By the time this airs, I will be 50. Right. And um, um, I play music. I like to play the guitar, um, and I've I, I played in the high school band at school, and I never was scared of standing on stage and performing. So I guess that, you know, one of the reasons why I'm well known in the world of dentistry isn't so much my clinic, you know, my, my practice, but the fact that I lecture so much mm. around the world. And mm. That's what's created the trademark of, you know, Miguel Stanley, to put it that way. But, um, 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 and I think being comfortable on stage when, you, when you're doing that, so yeah. that helped me, mm. put it that way. So uh that's one thing and another thing is is that in um i did my first tv commercial when i was 15 and uh it was a big commercial i had no idea and uh it was for a fruit juice and um i got very very handsomely paid but um the funny thing was was that i actually then uh, banged my mom's car and gave all that money to my mom Oops. and that's where you learn lessons to be responsible for your actions. Yeah. So very early on, I'm very grateful to my parents for, the, for, for, for those lessons. But, um, and the reason why I'm talking about that is that I then later during my 
formative years as, uh, while I was studying dentistry, which at the time was six years, mm. I did a lot of TV commercials. I was going to say, did you do more TV? I did. So I, between 1991 and 1998 was my university years. Uh, well, high school, university. I did about 80 TV commercials. Oh. So, and actually was quite successful at it. Yeah. I did a commercial for like McDonald's and Coke and all of that. And so I had a lot of, <laughs> I, had a, I learned a lot about this. Almost stagecraft, yeah. Production, you know, un, unbeknownst to me, I never mm. thought I would be a director. That would be useful in the future. Yeah? Well, then, yeah. But I learned a lot about it and about production. Yeah. And then I guess what really threw me into the spotlight in 2005, I was in Las Vegas. I went to a very big trade show uh, for, I think it was Densply Serona. It's called the Dental Extravaganza and Bill Dorfman, <laughs> who I lectured at King's College uh, in December 2022 with. Um, he actually had done this TV show in the, UK, in, in, in the US called Extreme Makeover. Yeah. So in, in the UK, it was called The Swan, I think, back in the 90s uh, or 2000, early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. The Swan, this makeover. And I saw the show and I was like, that's cool. Now, Portugal is a very conservative country. Right. And uh, doing marketing, uh, doctors are not allowed to promote themselves, doctors and lawyers, mm. unlike in the US. Or whatever. And uh, I saw this, I was like, that's amazing. So I figured out how could I do it? And then I realized that thanks to all of that experience doing TV commercials and stuff, that I actually, I knew how to do this. Wow. And because uh, I'd learned yeah. directing. So did you have to sell it to a network here did, and sort of say, it. hey, look, yeah. this has happened in and the States and the yeah. UK. And we got a primetime TV show and uh, we signed in August 2005. I assume that was pretty groundbreaking at oh, the time and even today. Forget about it, man. Saturday night, 9 p.m. Uh, primetime TV. Six million people saw that TV show. Wow. Oh, yeah. That was, that was when you think of the population of Portugal, yeah. it's like, what was it, two-thirds people was, watching you on TV? Insane, man, <laughs> like just overnight, you know, and, and you don't really understand fame until... You know, like, I was going to say, what was that like, though? Because you must have had it as commercials a bit. No, yeah, but because when you're doing a commercial, it's, there's this production and mm. you've got makeup and stuff. And people and didn't really know who you, you were. You know, right, it's okay. Your name, yeah. it's an actor and... You know, you don't really speak in commercials, right? So this was me, you know, it's my name as a dentist. And uh, more importantly, I, I think what happened was that I broke the mold in the sense that up until then, in Portugal at least, that dentistry, I'm sure much in the UK as well, up until the late 90s, you know, it was an extraction, a filling, mm. was, you know, cram, it was pain. bridge, it was pain. pain, it was expensive, you know, yeah, NHS, whatever it is. And here I come in and because I was trained in implant dentistry and cosmetic dentistry very early on in my uh. career and the concept of full arch smile design. I, I actually was doing smile design in 2004. Wow. Uh, you know, uh, later, you know, joining with Christian and all those guys. Yeah. But um, so the, the concept of full arch dentistry, smile dentistry, mm. uh, and again, very much following what, Bill had done in 2004 in the US. I, you know, and I think what these shows were important were to understand that dentistry is smile. Yeah, mm. it's yeah, yeah. A smile, and that was quite impressive because it was the first time the Portuguese mm. public public had actually but, seen what dentistry but, but could. For be. You, but for you as an individual, was was it like a 
flick of the switch. You, yes. yeah. So you went from being Miguel ask, the dentist. Yeah. I went from being Miguel the dentist, to little this guy with a small office, to a to a, a national celebrity. What was that, what so was you were like the first page of Rolling Stone magazine. Yeah. So you yeah. went out and people in Portugal. Yeah, 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 yeah. But to, so you went out and people were recognising you in the street. What was, oh, yeah. the, what was the first time in the first incident when you noticed that? Putting in of... gas and the, the lady at the cashier uh, pulling out her dentures and asking me for implants. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> we were actually the first TV show. That's quite dramatic, isn't it? Not an autograph. The first TV show in the world that had dental implants in its uh, in its protocol. So we had a six month production time exactly for the bone healing. So as you could do it. I yeah. actually convinced the network to allow me to do that because usually production times are a lot shorter. Yeah. So I said we have to work with dental implants, and so it was the first TV show in the world that would have dental implants in the. And then, wow. And would you say that that did that put you on a different trajectory of success? Oh, yeah. Overnight. I mean, we had 2000 people wanting to come to the clinic overnight. And, you know, yeah. It completely but that, but that creates an issue in itself, because in, in the UK, we had um, a program probably 20 years ago now called 10 Years Younger. Yeah. And some well, of the dentists that, that got involved in that, they found that the people that came to them after they'd been on television, um, were problematic in that there was a lot of filtering to make sure that they helped the people that, that they could help. Well, did, was that the same for you? Yes, we had, I mean, I, uh, yes, it was a very challenging because at that time I didn't know then what I knew now, you know, which is patient. Yeah, because at that time you want to help everybody. Yeah, you yeah. Treat everybody. Yeah. And, That's your instinct, isn't you it? Know, and it took and me, you're on a roll. Yeah, yeah. It took, <laughs> you know, and it took you, it took me years to come up with this you know, better filtering systems. Mm. And unfortunately, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not in the public sector. I'm a mm. private clinician. Mm. So luckily for us, that's, uh, is that, you know, I get to choose who I want to work with. Yeah. And I've never worked with insurances or mm. any payment schemes or banks or financing. It's purely a private arrangement. Purely private. <clears throat> yeah. People say, well, how does that work? Well, you know, it's a, I'm not responsible for people's problems. I'm not the government. Hmm. And the same way a person would choose where they want to live, how they want their kitchen to look, hmm. what car they want to drive, what clothes they want to wear, what jewellery they want to buy, what sunglasses, well, what kind of dentistry they want to have. That's the way I saw it. Hmm. And then, um, yeah, so the filtering process after all of that was, was kind of crazy. So the only way that I knew was to raise my prices, hmm. to kind right. of create some kind hmm. of a filter system. Yeah. But it was crazy. We'd have people booking appointments just to get autographs and stuff. It was... Kind of that, that fame thing must be quite weird, right? Yeah, to go true. from. I, I, did you find it really intrusive, Miguel? Did you know, get to the point where it was like, oh, for goodness' I'm, sake, I, I'd I like to go I, out on my own. I went to an all boys Catholic school, and I come from a family where you know vanity, is one of the mortal sins, is not uh, something to be proud of. Yeah. So the younger generation, with the Instagram and the TikToks, mm. showing off as part of just it's normal you have to do it almost but the way i was brought up showing off was not something that you would uh you know it, it wasn't good mm. and i actually still carry that with me today i mean right. if people see my social media um you know i show off my work mm. my clinics work mm. but i'm i don't believe in you know i don't believe mm. in hey look at me so a private you, person we, we, from that yeah point. were you able to get any did you know anybody that you could lean on and get any help and no. advice from that was in that had no. gone through the process no, that no, you're in? I mean, no. clearly not in dentistry, but outside whole, of dentistry, no, there was no one that no, you could no, say, the whole look. Coaching thing didn't exist back then. <laughs> it was like, you're, you're on your own. So you were just finding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, um, you know, level-headed. Um, 
I had you know, the trappings of imagine I, I'd liken it to maybe a, a, a football player signing for a big club. Yeah. You know, making a lot of money very quickly. Yeah. But the cool thing was, is that I actually knew how to do it. Yeah, so it's because you, you, from your previous work. My clinic was mm. well established by then. So the, my first clinic, which I founded in late 1999, we yeah. opened in you know, early 2000. I already had a small team mm. yeah. of about you know, seven people, seven, eight doctors, mm. right? So we, we, we were ready. We knew how to do full arch restorations, yeah. <clears throat> a good lab. So you know, we never took on more than we could treat. Mm -hmm. uh, and more than anything, my guiding compass was the science. Mm -hmm. So if you said, who did I lean on? Who did I ask for help? Mm. Literature, clinical evidence, scientific oh, yeah. review, using only the best materials, learning from the great dentists, mm. my mentors, Dr. Morris Salama, David, Go you know, David Garber, Ronald Goldstein, uh, you know, Dennis Tarno, um, a lot of young implant dentists in the UK wouldn't even know who these names are. And they wrote the book, you know, and um, uh, uh, Carl, uh, Carl Misch, one of the founders of implant dentistry. I was lucky enough in 2006 to 2008 to actually lecture with this guy right. on stage. Right. That's like an unknown musician playing, you know, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. It was, it was a, a special cool. moment. So I, I'm very, very lucky to have uh, um, early on in my career, I've had a really good education and foundation of science. I, from my family, I got a very strong ethical uh, mm. background from my education. Uh, mm. Is there any dentistry in history in no. your family? Not at all. No, no. You're the first. No. Right. Except my mom, she's going to hate me for saying this, <laughs> in Manchester on her 16th birthday, had all her teeth pulled out and dentures fitted. Wow. It's, it's apparently something. What, 16? 16 years old. Flipping it. In the UK. I can't. I can't fathom why they did that. No. Wow. Yeah. So I have this... Uh, it's a bit dramatic. Yeah, a bit dramatic, <laughs> right? Oh, so whoever you are, uh, the descendants. Yeah, 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 who are you? Yeah. <laughs> Reparations. <laughs> just, just, just trying to change in tact slightly. Last year you gave um, a, a masterclass on positivity, dentistry and the mindset for success at the Botis uh, Dental. You're, you're incredibly positive as a person. Has that always been the case? As a young person, have you always had this this kind of relentless energy, or is that something that's grown? I, yeah, I have a lot of energy. You do. <laughs> I, I'm. I have a lot of energy. I'm a very energetical person. I'm very passionate and um, very outspoken. Um, being positive is a it's a habit, mm. and you have to. Uh, I mean, I have really tough days, like everybody. Mm. I've had challenges professionally and privately I know father passing away to you know many many challenges I mean yeah I think you'd have to be a liar to say your life you know in, in, in dentistry or as a private business person or a clinician is easy um, however um, first things first no one likes a whiner <laughs> It's true. No, it's at a very, true. at a very yeah. basic yeah. level. <laughs> celebrities, you know, celebrities on social media. Oh my life! Screw you, man! You make millions of dollars. Yeah, what yeah, are you yeah. complaining about? You know, there's people going hungry and stuff. You know, it's like so. Mm. Um, I I don't like complaining publicly. Mm. I I don't like. My mother always taught me to never wash, you know, your laundry in public. Oh, I never. That's the first thing. Yeah. So my troubles are mine. Mm. 
and I deal with them with my wife, I deal with them with my friends, my family, my business partners, privately. Mm. And um, that's just how I do things. So I could be really hurting inside. I could, mm. be, I could be taking a beating and you will never know about it. So the positivity is the, the outward projected Miguel. Positivity is, uh, it's an act of bravery mm. many times, but it's also a strategy for the creation of social, I don't know, um, it's a, it's just good businessman, you know. Yeah. Who wants to come to a yeah, be positive, yeah. You know? But it spins so, out to the people around you as well, doesn't it? Well, it's just it's. Look, I'm not a. I don't understand a lot about a lot of things, but you know, any guru in India or any spiritual leader, including you know, Jesus, including you know, whatever spirituality or whatever the religious leader you follow, love is a very great hmm. power. And very few people talk about that in a business setting. But when you are kind, yeah. you get kindness. Mm. When you are, and that's why I, I, I'm very careful about who I work with as a, as a dentist. So um, patients are like a canvas. And if I'm going to be an artist, that canvas better sit and be nice. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, because if there's tension and there's negative energy, mm. even Hippocrates said that, you know, that the bond between a patient and a doctor has to be, uh, it's sacred, right? It's mm. a sacred connection. And if you're just doing that as a consumer, uh, you know, just it was a transaction. Mm. So I think being positivity just creates um, well-being and mental fortitude for everyone involved. So, mm. And quite frankly, it's like I said, it's a habit. You have to work at it. Yeah. You can't stop. So if you if you start working out, oh, you know, I'm going to start working out this year. And then you work out for January and come February, like, oh, yeah. And all you do is skip it one day and you know, skip it two days. I'll pick it up on the weekend. You're gone. Yeah. You have to work at it every day. It's funny, isn't it, with habits? It's, it's quite often it's hard to keep good habits, but so easy for bad habits to creep in. But that, that whole thing around being positive in mindset, you know, we've, we've, before we started recording, we looked around your, your, your clinic and you can see. So Cal Dreck wrote a book called Mindset about growth mindset and fixed mindset. Your mm. whole clinic has a growth mindset feel about it in that nothing stands still. I bet tomorrow there's going to be new things happening in the practice Always. that aren't happening today. And, yeah. and that comes from you, doesn't it, in terms of how, how you set things up? Well, I think, I believe the current headcount is about 44 people on the team. And, we, you know, doctors, uh, yeah. staff. And, um, you know, people will go through their personal people have personal tragedies and mm. stuff, which, you know, like a week or maybe a month, whatever. But um, I make a point of only working with people that I like <laughs> and that I like. I, I don't go out for dinner with them and they're not, they're not friends mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and party together and, you know, no, all that that's stuff. Very true. But these have to be people that I like yeah. and respect and appreciate and value. Mm. And not because they're people, but because they're people with me. Mm. And it's much like if you have a party in your house, you don't want to have some party pooper come and yeah. you know, some rowdy person, trash and, you know, that, that will trash your house. So this is my house. And I, I would very much like to have people here that appreciate mm. that and, you know, that I respect and trust. So I, I, I think to get back to that positive energy is, um, you know, uh, one bad apple can, can do a lot of damage. Mm -hmm. And so it's very important that 
people understand that when I hire, I hire a good person mm. faster than a good technician. Mm. Mm. You, can yeah. have, you can have all of the diplomas in the world. If you're a dick, you're not getting hired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the language. But, but what's that All Blacks thing, isn't it? One of the big things about the All Blacks is yeah, it's dickheads. No, no dickheads. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 you know, and we all, it's, it's, and it's what's funny, that, isn't it? What's we, the what's thing here? Can we use some swear words? Yeah, yeah we yeah, can. Fine, we yeah, can yeah, put, but the thing is, we all know what a dickhead is. It's very hard to, to describe, but we all know. We yeah. all know what one is. But also, I think when you bring teams together, they're like a tribe. And if you have a group of people that behave mm. in a particular way, if somebody joins that team and they're not one of them, they get rejected quite quickly. Yeah. So by creating people that, that think and behave in a particular way, it always puts you on the path of success when you recruit new people. You're completely right, Andy. And, and, and moreover, I, I usually jokingly say that White Clinic has its, its an immune system. So I've, <laughs> I've literally tried to hire people that I'm like, this person's amazing. And after like a week, no, Thank you. this guy's got to go. Yeah. And I've learned to listen to my team. And if that person, you know, everybody's welcoming. And if that person just... You know how some people like their way to be successful is to divide and conquer. Mm. You know, some people just because of their own insecurities. Yeah, yes, yeah. And that has happened. And some, some really good doctors mm. have tried to create their little tribe. Almost their little clique. Mm. Well, it's that whole thing about hiring for attitude, not for skill. There you go. Isn't it? You know, the skill that you can train that that can come if they're the wrong, fundamentally the wrong person. Yeah. I have a little board over there. It's, it's in Portuguese and it's really badly written. <laughs> but um, I was discussing this the other day and there's like five things that people have to have when we hire them and five things they cannot have mm. to hire them. So the number one thing is to, that they have to have is proficiency. They have to know the task that they're being hired for. And... Uh, like another one was, they have to be a team player. Mm -hmm. Can't and what they cannot be individualistic, mm. um, you know, selfish. Mm. Uh, you know, like so. There's there's attributes that are the human condition, and I think in a profession like dentistry, that's not a single transaction. It's you create a relationship with your patients, mm. and most patients will take home an experience, whereas the dentist will take home the act they performed and get paid for the act they perform. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The patient takes home the experience mm. of having that act performed on them. And hence the good energy and the positive mindset mm. is just good for business. Mm -hmm. you, you were saying about being positive and success and you keep certain things private, which we, we all do. Um, you had a situation in business, didn't you, several years ago that, that ended up <laughs> becoming, ask, becoming yeah. public, which in an ideal world, perhaps that would have, would have stayed private. For where you are now, you've had phenomenal success. And I'm sure lots of people look at you and say, well, I'm never going to be Miguel. I'll never get to Miguel's level. But it's not always been easy, is it? Do you want to share yeah, the story yeah. with us of what happened? So, Icarus. For <laughs> <laughs> those that don't know, it's an ancient Greek mythology story where Icarus uh, was, where him and his father created wings because they wanted to fly off an island. And... Uh, in order to join the feathers together, they used wax. And then they were told that they shouldn't fly too high to the sun or the wax would melt. But Icarus didn't pay attention and flew high to the sun and his wings melted and he crashed into the water. The moral of the story is, you know, you shouldn't fly too high and you should, you know, stay your mm. course and listen to things. But I guess that's the way that people would perceive it. But what really happened was uh, greed 
of a third party. So I'll explain the story. It's quite mm, right, yeah. Shakespearean. And it's, um, <laughs> so, so I, when I started, I, you know, I took nowadays, there's a lot of courses on business management and mm. all that. And a lot of dentists in the UK will literally go into business of dentistry, not into the craft of dentistry. Yeah. So I started as a craftsman. Mm. I had no idea about the business of dentistry mm. because back in the 90s, there was no business of dentistry. Yeah. There mm. wasn't corporate dentistry. Mm. You, know, it was, you, you were going to become a craftsperson, yeah. you know, a craftsman. Um, so anyway, I, you know, lawyers, none of that, right? So you just grow. Yeah, you know, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The Wild West. And on the back of these TV shows. I say with your TV show, it just... Yeah. Back of my TV shows, I mean, money just started rolling in, working really hard, you know, so... Um, but yeah, just a quickie, did you think about the money whilst it was happening? Or was it more the fact of no, you were just, doing the craft of just, dentistry just, just and the financial yeah. was sort of like rolling in yeah. because you were doing the dentistry? Mm. And so, um, since I'm not a person of, you know, I don't, don't want to show that, showing off, but it's not my thing. I was like, hey, let's build a bigger clinic. So I've always been about growth. You know? mm -hmm. Not more clinics, mm. a bigger clinic, a better clinic. So, uh, and you said earlier, it's like a spaceship. Mm. You know, that isn't just because it's cool. Every single piece of technology here has a reason. Yeah. And has been tried and tested as part of a significant and dramatic evolution of what dentistry can transform mm. into. We are... You know, my, my mission is to be the benchmark of yeah. industry at any given year. Yeah. So every year it looks different. All right. Same way as cars on the road. Yeah. yeah. Smartphones in your pocket. We're always upgrading. Right. Now. So I had this accountant and he was basically, I was cutting him blank checks and he had access to my bank accounts to pay for all of my taxes, personal and professional and the company and all of that. And basically he was my chief financial officer right. but at the time it was my accountant mm -hmm. yeah and in 2008 i decided that i wanted to build this big clinic because i had seen another dentist in portugal a guy called paulo malo who uh, was famous he did the, the all on four and all of that and he had this huge building and he was like there was all this marketing all over the country like the biggest dental clinic in the world and and it's 2008. This is before the financial crash, yeah. right? So just, just before. The world's so, going up. Yeah. There's money everywhere going around. And I'm, you know, mm. king of the world. Yeah, you're doing great. Yeah. Hey, let's go do that. And um, I stupidly rented a really large space in, in the sense of sort of buying because I really wanted that space. Yeah. Just to give it some quantum, when you say stupidly large, how, how large? Uh, in meters, the whole thing was about three and a half thousand square meters, which would make it about 30,000 square feet. Wow, that's massive. That's a warehouse. So, uh, <laughs> and it was in prime real estate. It was in the yeah. Lisbon Design District, right. I mean, the heart of wow. the, the, the cool district. It was mm. just like amazing. And we had a training academy, a, a lab. And also because of the show, we had plastic surgeons, nutritionists, wow. psychology. We had a, a gym. We had a spa, head transplant unit. Flip. We had uh, dermatology, skin care, all of the lasers, hair transplant center. Wow. We had an in-house kitchen. So anything that you could think about of modern beauty, healthcare, healthcare yeah. we oh. had in one spot. Till today, it's the only time that ever happened in the world. 
Wow. I've never ever, no one's ever come close to repeating wow. it. And that wasn't that we built it. It hmm. existed for three years. And was the TV show still going at this time? We filmed the final two series seasons in 2009 and 2010 in that oh, location. in that office, yeah. So it's, you can see it online. Yeah. So it's, it's there. It's called Dr. White. And um, so... So I had little like scooters. That had about a hundred, a hundred people working for me back then. Yeah, in one location. It's pretty cool. And I was lecturing a lot, and you know, so I always made sure to counter my TV persona with the scientific. So yeah. I mm. never ever stopped doing mm. that. I mean, yeah. it was because for me, you know, uh, as the architect would say, uh, form without function doesn't really yeah. work. Yeah. So I had to have the backbone, and the backbone of everything a dentist or doctor does is science. You're all about the science. I'm all right? about yeah, science. That, that, yeah, I think yeah. that's what I'm what we've know. We you know we've only met you recently, but the thing yeah. is, you're all about the science. It's sort of everything else follows the science. Which is Most brilliant. dentists, unfortunately, are all about the marketing. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. What yeah. makes money? I'm like, no. What works? Yeah. Money follows the event. That's why our council yes. always tells yes. us. Be yeah. good at your job. Know what you're doing. Remember what I said? Proficiency. Yeah. I need to know what I'm talking about. Mm. So just for some context, I've been trained in implant dentistry since the late 90s. Very classically trained by some of the best guys in the world. I've been doing implant dentistry for 24 years. I live all over the world on complex advanced implant dentistry, bone regeneration. So I'm also a periodontist and peri you know three-dimensional mm -hmm. bone regeneration, soft tissue regeneration. I'm also a cosmetic dentist, so minimally invasive. I'm, a, I'm an adjunct professor at the University of Penn on restorative. So I'm a master minimal invasive cosmetic dentistry, adhesive dentistry, bonding, all of that stuff. Um, and I'm trained in occlusion, so which is actually the end result of any treatment. Mm -hmm. I also became a, a line uh, clear aligner expert in 2005. So I'm very really, early days. I've got over yeah. 300 diplomas. You wow. understand? So I'm really, I, I train a lot. Mm. And you, you and seem to thrive on being right at the cutting edge of what's coming next. Well, every year, look, man, we, if you update your hardware and your software automatically in your pocket, why shouldn't you do so in your brain? Oh, and in your dead brain? right. Yeah. Dead when right. I see yeah. clinicians, when I see clinicians that claim to be successful and are driving uh, 2022. Five hundred or four hundred thousand dollar car, and their technologies from the nineties. Yeah. Like, that guy's a dick. <laughs> so uh, let's maybe some congruence. Yeah, yeah, personal congruence would be better because there's a lot of them out there. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. So let's get back to the thing. So here we are. Um, this clinic was huge, and one day my accountant came to me, and uh, and then the financial crisis hits. Mm. Of course, the market contracts. Yeah. But I've got this TV show going. Everything's going. So I'm like, let's keep on going. Man. Let's mm -hmm. keep on going. Nobody could foresee mm. what, how bad the global financial yeah, crisis yeah, yeah. was. And you know, naturally, you got some bank loans going on. You know, you yeah, try to yeah, get yeah. everything going, all normal stuff. And then my accountant came to confess to me that he'd um, pretty much been embezzling money for two years, and mostly money, tax money. Right. So not only had it come out of my account, mm. but he hadn't paid the tax man. And you never want to upset that. He'd given, you know, blank, uh, false statements and he'd falsified documents and all wow. of that. It was like we, he later, four years later, because you never go to court straight away. Yeah, yeah. He always confessed. He never, he was like a psychopath. The guy was like, this is exactly what I did. Signed a confession. Why, why did he confess? Was it because he was about to get caught? Because well, he'd been doing it for two I, I years. Well, yeah, man, I'd always been really nice to him. That's the worst part. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I paid him really well. To, and on top of that, I paid him really well. 
So, yeah, and then... It's interesting as to why he suddenly yeah. decided at that... M I wonder if it was because the, the crash and it was sort of looking the, rubbish. First thing right? was that to go. He'd, he'd considered committing suicide. Oh. So, I don't, you know, look, I don't know why people do what they do. Maybe you start sometime and then, you, you know, trying to... Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I, How did you react when he came? Honestly, when when because he came to me to my house and he's and basically the next day we were going to be audited. Right. And you know I was, I had no idea, and I'm in the middle of high flying. Right. I'm, <laughs> I was going to say you're 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 Icarus. I, I was going to say Icarus. your wax is melting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had, he didn't know it though. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> and you know the, because the business was really rocking, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. full. Everything was going. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking expansion, right? Yeah. I'm thinking growth. Oh. I'm thinking you know. Because I have a, that's my brain. My brain is every day, how can I do better? Yeah. Mm -hmm. How can I do better with my body? How can I do better with my brain, with my friends, with my family, with yeah. my business? I'm a, I don't know if you know anything about like human design or your, your personal, you know, it's, it's a bit beyond your star, uh, yeah. star sign. If people that would know about star, you know, I'm not that I'm that kind of stuff, but uh, my, my wife believes tremendously in it. And I have a very unique star sign and set of human conditions that make me a builder right and ironically my british grandfather uh, was a uh, was a builder a bricklayer very honest <laughs> oh, profession. Yeah, okay. honest profession with that said um yeah so he came to confess and he said that he'd thought about committing suicide and i was like what happened and he explained look i've been stealing money i'm like man it's okay so fine we can figure out how much you need you know from you did you did you think <laughs> i tried to help him and then i realized and uh immediately you know, but it wasn't just you was it this was this was well he i was the number one yeah guy because you had more money all of his clients. Yeah. and and yeah i was wiped out like when i say wiped out i lost my home i lost my business i lost everything and but also it's hard for you because at this time you you were front page news front you page. had fame was, you had celebrity so this wasn't something just to brush under was, the carpet I was, I was you were page was, one and page two yeah you know, page three yeah, and page like, four you know, i'd go to events and the paparazzi yeah famous people so i was up there with celebrities so 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 this fall is is is, is huge most well, people just managed that, that privately why, why 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 was it public we managed to keep it private for some time yeah yeah and now it's 2010 so we kept it found out in 2000 late 2009 and we tried to keep on going to clean it up yeah, yeah. to try and mitigate the, the mm. hole. That was very stressful. Ben. Nobody would know. And you're like, you know, yeah. so we got to keep on trying. Let's try and mm. clean the, the, the problem. Right. And perhaps had it not been during the subprime, the, the, the financial, yeah. yes. I think we could have made it. Try to get yeah. out of it. Yeah. But because the market had contracted, naturally invoicing was going down. Yeah. People weren't spending that much money. Yeah. And in normal circumstances, we would have been able to weather the storm. But with this, whole and mm. the tax man saying no 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 you better pay and then you had to pay your current taxes and the past yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a really tough time and of course i'm not a businessman i'm a creator i'm who, a dentist who are you sharing it with at the time no, I just, just 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 no yourself one. my lawyer and my just my in my close family no uh, that must have been a really stressful personally really well, stressful you time weakness, right yeah. So, yeah. and again you know, I, we had, I but this was through no fault. Well, yeah. Nothing okay. done. You, you, yeah, you, you could say perhaps you trusted somebody too much. That's it's, the it's, only it's thing. I mean, this story is classic. Look, you know, rock stars. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. It happens all the time. That guy, uh, yeah, people are wiped out yeah. by their accountants. Yeah. It happens more often than you yeah. can than, than you can imagine, and I'm sure a lot of people are embarrassed to say this. Mm. 
But what made but I think worse, that's really healthy you sharing the story because people do stupid things. What things made it happen. worse was that I'm traveling around, I'm not telling anybody, yeah. right? I'm going through this hell. And the cool thing, I mean, the okay thing was is that my business was turning yes. over. Mm. It was okay, yeah. right? And we were made, you know, it was it was tight, you know, so but hey, let's let's try and fix this, mm. right? And again, don't whine. Yeah. Get on with it. <laughs> you know, I mean But again, that's easier said than done, isn't it? In a situation like I'm, that, that I I'm I'm half English. Yeah. And the English I know is go on, son, yeah. pucker up, yeah. tight lips. Is it stiff up the lips sort of thing? Yeah. And yeah. Fix yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the, that's what being it's all about. Well, the so queen, the queen famously was, was was never complained don't or really explained, mean, isn't it? You, yeah, you, yeah. you just don't moan about forget, things. You know, that's my English heritage. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, just get on with it, man. So I'm very proud of that. So um um what happened was that's when Facebook was created. And Facebook had been created, I think, 2008. Yeah. yeah. And so what happened was in 2010, uh, somebody caught wind of this and a dentist in Portugal. Oh, really? Right. Okay. A well-known dentist in Portugal and posted it on a dental forum. Because you're a brilliant target. And goes, yeah, you're so famous. Look, yeah. who's the, not doing so well? All the glitters isn't gold. And it actually came from within the dental community something that the Germans would call Schadfreude, yeah, which means yeah. rejoicing with other person's misery. Mm, yeah, yeah. Which social media is particularly good at. And uh, you would now call it, yeah, bullying. Yeah. Whatever. And I was vilely attacked by my Portuguese colleagues that were incredibly happy. Because they were super jealous of your success. Probably, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, yes, not probably, yes. And that was really, really, really tough. I can imagine. So, yeah, and then all of a sudden, the second that that happens, you know, the market just all of a sudden. Out of interest, Miguel, did did the um, your patients or the you know the no. general population of Portugal be vociferous to you, or, or was it just the Not dental a, community? Just the dental community. It's right. really interesting. Isn't just it? the dental community, uh, because look, man, it's a com competitive jealousy is healthy. Yeah. Uh, but I think a lot of dentists that don't have the skill. You know, they believe they have the skill. They want to have the skill. Like a, uh, what do you call a minor league in the UK? Premier League? You're a Premier League. Uh, you got championship. championship. And then you've got the, the non-league. The non-league. Non non yeah. So like a non-league football right, yeah. guy who wants to be, a, you know, playing for a Premier mm, League. Right. Because his mom, his sister, his girlfriend yeah. tells him, hey, you're going to make great. it. And then he doesn't. And, every, you know, so, but in his head, he's a celebrity. And he's got all the tats and everything. Yeah. And, you know, buys the... The Nissan, yeah. not the Porsche. Yeah. And, you know, no disrespect to Nissan, it's a great brand. But, um, <laughs> um, but what I'm trying to say is, is that, you know, he's got a GTR, not people in their mind are it. And, and it's, you know, I, I treat a few real celebrities, mm. when I, real, you know, athletes. I've, I've, I know who these people are, yeah. and there's something different about them. Mm. They're actually the real deal. Yeah, yeah. And it's really difficult for a lot of people to deal with that. You mm. know? So, um, but with that said, part of the journey, um, lost everything uh we had to close the, that business i lost my dream i couldn't pursue that dream mm. and i don't think many people my, my my brother is a very different friend of mine many years later said look not not many people on earth would have been able to have got back in the ring mm. but that's what champions are made of and my father i've never said this on camera that was my nickname champ really i don't give up yeah keep going i don't give up that's i suppose the thing is whilst it was a business failure not not through your own fault 
it, it still meant you still had the dentistry, you still had the backing of science, you still yeah, had yeah, the definitely. skills. There you go. So, so you've got something to there, fall back on, haven't there you? There you go. So, I mean, look, remember, I could always have gone and got another job at another clinic. Mm. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, Which actually would have been very easy. Well, there's two people. There's, Wouldn't there's, it? There's Miguel Stanley, <clears throat> the business person mm. who died that day. <clears throat> and Miguel Stanley, the dentist, took over, you know. Yeah. And I'd never stopped being a dentist. Yeah. I'd... You could call wet finger dentist. Yeah, yeah. So I still today and for 24 years practice mm. dentistry every day. Mm. I have surgery every day. I, 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 do, I do dentistry every day. Mm. I've never stopped. Mm. Looking, looking back, in hindsight, did you do too much and go too quickly? Did you build too quickly? Did you add in too many services? The white clinic you have today no. is, is so dentally focused and pushing the boundaries. Whereas the business you just described, had lots of different facets to it. I, it's a great question. Here's my honest answer. No, I think I did the right thing. The problem right. is I did it in the wrong country. Right, uh, that's interesting. Which is the right country. Yeah, say so which is the right Had country. Had I done this with a city, in a city with a population density of over 10 million, it would have been easy to have had a larger talent pool right. to work with. Right. So I don't think that at the time, Portugal was ready for something that I had done. Mm. I'm not saying it's, you know, Portugal's what I love my country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It's, a, it's an amazing country. but when, Just a bit when, too much. You know, 2008, very yeah. conservative. Doctors were very conservative. So for me to train doctors and dentists to see my vision. It's a bit of a leap. It was way too futuristic. Yeah. yeah. Think, I, I'm not comparing, but think Elon Musk saying in 2012, I'm going to build a factory in the middle of the desert mm. with the... People are like, he had the money to put yeah. it. Keep on going. But, it's, but yeah. you're... Your approach to dentistry now is futuristic, even for a lot of dentists to, yeah, to sort of get with it, isn't it? You know, it's, and, and now we're talking, what's that, 14 years oh, yeah. past that so, point yeah. at least. Yeah. So uh, when that all happened, um, we started from scratch in this clinic. I mean, the brand was very valid. You know, the hmm. Miguel Stanley brand was very powerful. Hmm. My lecture circuit went from strength to strength for the, you know, 20 years, I, mean, mm. I, I never stopped lecturing. Mm. So, you know, it's a local problem. And Miguel Stanley, the international speaker, was a global... That must be a great speaker. salvation to you in, in your well, mentally point of view. That thank you, you yeah. And quite yeah, frankly, yeah. you know, quite frankly, and I think probably many athletes can, can figure this out. And you've got movies about this, you know. If you you can have your personal troubles, but mm. if you're actually talented at something, that talent will save you. Yeah. Mm. And so that's why, you know, a word of advice to all young dentists out there, business-minded dentists, is never, ever, ever stop learning dentistry because the craft is what saved me. Yeah. The craft is what saved me. That's being a great a, lesson. Being a good dentist saved me. I, I mm. tell you the fascinating thing, and it is, it's on a, a much lower scale, but uh, as you know, we used to work for banks and, and run banks. And I always say to people that, the biggest times that dentists ever failed in business was quite often when they forgot that they were dentists. Mm. They forgot that base of being a dentist, which got them to where they were, and then they decided to become a property developer or yeah. something well, or whatever. I, I think if the second that you forget that dentistry is a business of addition, not of multiplication, mm. so let that sink in. It's not, a, it's, it's not an over-the-counter thing. Mm. It's a relationship thing, and there's very few areas in medicine where you, where your craft obliges you to have this ongoing thing. And moreover, depending on 
how your treatment. I, I have this formula for success in dentistry. All right, everyone listening, write it down. <laughs> success in dentistry is a good treatment plan plus an ex your experience plus the materials and technologies you use plus adequate time to do that specific treatment. Mm. And you have those four in a good proportion, you will be successful. Yeah. Meaning, if you have less experience, in order to have an equal outcome, you better have either more time or better materials or the best treatment plan. There's a compensation it's of some sort. It's a formula. Yeah. And I believe in that formula mm. always. And that's why, you know, you know, I'm the, I created something called Slow Dentistry yeah. many years ago. I was laughed at. Uh, but the reason why so many people suffer from mental illness and anguish and stress and suicide thoughts in our profession around the world, not just the UK, is because we don't have enough time to mm. think and to process. And so that's something that I've always done in my career. And so to be fair, to bring the story full circle, the massive financial tragedy that fell upon me mm. by no fault of my own was and could have been the death of any businessman. Mm. Mm. But since my business was dentistry, I had that legacy to fall mm. back on. Mm. And it was actually quite beautiful to just focus on that. And that's all I've been focusing on for the last 14 years. That's all I've been doing. Mm. So, so I house with solid footings. I yeah. stopped. And, and quite frankly, you know, so it, it's important for people to understand that because if you say, would I do it again? Yes. I much prefer the person I am today. I much prefer right. the dentist I am today. I much prefer the mindset I have today. You know, people say, how many clinics do you have? One. Mm. How many chairs do you have? Seven. Don't you think of expanding? No. If you hadn't gone through that experience, do you think you question, yeah. say, would you have likely gone on and set up multiple clinics and I it would have become more of an empire? I don't. What if, yeah, it's hard, not, isn't it? It's not my thing. You, when mm. you mentioned when you know you said you, uh, just before it sort of came, you were thinking about planning. Would it have been like a, a bigger version of where you had where you were? I'm a dreamer, but I, I that I can't answer that question because right. I don't yeah. know. I, yeah. I only know my own personal right. existence. Would I've done things differently? You betcha. Yeah. You betcha. I mean, you know, um, yeah, without a doubt. Mm. But. Um, you know, we're all products of our experience, then, aren't we? Oh, yeah. It's a different time. Yeah, it's yeah. A different time. You have to understand it's a different time. And, and uh, I, I was a completely different person. Mm. I'm sure I was somebody I was very difficult to say no to. Mm. You know? I listen to no quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Just going back to your, your formula for success, yeah. um, we've looked around your clinic and the technology in this clinic is, is on another level. So weaving technology through that, that formula, where do you think dentistry is going to be in, in a few years from now? And what technologies are going to be available, mainstream technology, not, not the stuff that you have here, that's going to start to impact the way that dentists can deliver their, their, their treatments? You know, we had a conversation uh, off camera before about um, AI and, and where that might feature. Are we going to see technologies coming into dentistry that just don't exist at the moment that's going to revolutionise things? A long There's answer. a lot in there. It's Sorry, it's a, <laughs> <laughs> a big I'm question. Gonna, I, I, I'm going to give you a long answer. That's cool. We've got glasses of water, here, so we're fine. I'm going to give you a long answer, and to tell you the truth, many people are going to get freaked out by my answer. 
but here's what I think will happen. And the beauty of my answer is that I have it on film in 2015. Uh, I gave a podcast to Howard Ferran. Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. I just stepped off stage in New York. So it's online somewhere. And I said this and he, he sat there. He was like, and this is 2015. <laughs> I was already. So eight years ago from now. So yeah. I've already been thinking and it's, and it's right then. And I'm right. I think I'm right now. All right. First, you have to understand that why it's going to change. It's because it has to change. And why does it have to change? Because the system is broken already and it's been broken for a long time. Why is the system broken? Because it's too serious of a product, dentistry, mm. or at least half of it. It's too serious and too impactful on patients' health and an entire GDP of any country to allow one individual to be the sole decision maker mm. of that therapy. So if you go to a hospital, imagine you've had a car crash. You go to the hospital, you arrive at the ER. You do not have one physician deciding on the sequence of therapies. Yeah. You have a bunch of a doctors, team, yeah. a team that mm. comes in and figures out, and there's a benchmark on, look, airway, bleeding, you know, let's, let's save this guy's life, get the heart working, make sure he's breathing, make sure, there's rules. And then there's a procedure of who takes precedence mm. first. So first would be, you know, let's say a brain surgeon, a yeah. heart surgeon, mm -hmm. a lung surgeon, and then the bone surgeon comes in later, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the cosmetic surgeon to do, you know, at the end, you know, mm, and then the yeah. physiotherapist, you can't switch those things in the wrong no. order. But the patient dies. The patient dies, yeah. things don't work. Yeah. Now, who's doing that in dentistry today? So when the patient comes and has, imagine cysts in their jaws because they're, you know, whatever, bad dentistry, whatever, and come dentist who is specialized on cosmetic dentistry, veneers or bonding where there's a lot of money and marketing mm. and this patient rocks up and says i'd like a hollywood smile is that dentist going to say no 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 first you've got to clean up the infections and get rid of all of those cysts and you know i don't do that but go see somebody else and then come well let's just argue that yes but we all know that that doesn't happen in every clinic and i think at the end of the day the population is becoming more aware of this mm. and that the magic trick that is sales and commerce and dentistry is slowly becoming harder to sell because competition is becoming more ferocious. Mm -hmm. Lawsuits are becoming higher. Yeah. Yeah. The industry is becoming smarter and networked clinics or business. What do you call them? The, in the Corporates. Corporates or multiple owners. Multiple yeah. yeah. Understanding that there's money to lose in the long term, reputationally wise, by not getting the job done well in the mm, first yeah. time round. Yeah. So, <coughs> um, much we've been doing this formula for a very, very long time. Much like in construction, first comes the architect that designs the structure, then come the engineers that see how they're going to build it. Mm -hmm. Then there's meetings between those two. Then the client and that group decides what materials are going to be used. Then perhaps the interior design could come in and 
and there's a 3D printing of the structure. There's laws. There's you know building planning. There's yeah. permissions. There's infrastructure. There's safety regulations. You know, and you start with the plumbing. Most people want to start with the <coughs> interior design. Design. Hanging the mirror. Yeah. Let's hang the mirror. Yeah. So I've had a formula, which I've lectured on this, pop up that, you know, biology, then function, then aesthetics. That's the formula for success in dentistry. First, get all infection out and then rebuild mm. the function, the bite, and then get the aesthetics. But what most people want is then patients. Aesthetics, mm. to help with the function. Not worry yeah, about it the doesn't hurt. <laughs> yeah. so, and, and so when there's a lot of money involved and the sense that doctors want to help their patients instead of heal their patients, because they're two different things. Mm. Healing yeah. and helping live in different countries. Mm. Sometimes you can do both, but you have to, our job is to be effective, <coughs> is to be efficient healers using scientific evidence and clinical evidence mm. and working with, you know, the best materials mm. in order to do so. And, and it doesn't, it's not up to the dentist to make that decision of, I'm going to filter the science. Mm. I'm going to filter the clinical mm. evidence. I'm going to choose what materials I'm going to put in your mouth. And I have, I'm sovereign in all of that decision-making yeah. mm. process. And magically, I'm going to get everything right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and give you a bargain deal. And, and so <laughs> I think that, that that equation, that formula is, it's, got, it's days are numbered. And unfortunately, the solution will put a lot of people out of business, but will create an entire new ecosystem. Mm. So I think that in the future, um, with 3D CBCT, mm -hmm. facial scanning, intraoral scanning, um, and motion detectors, you saw one we had here. Yeah. Yeah. So we can actually not just get a static x-ray, but we can actually get a motion uh, uh, um, skull on a computer. Mm then the treatment planning will be outsourced to an artificial intelligence. Wow. And the dentist no longer will have a say. He will have a say in saying, I can do the suggested treatment. Yeah, whether yeah. I can deliver it or not. Yeah. But you can take it even further. All right, I'm going to blow your mind. <laughs> All right. Let's give the viewers something to watch, to share. Um, so, yeah, the diagnostic and treatment planning will be outsourced. And in a second that AI, let's say it's within a corporate, will know what doctors have a higher success rate at each part of that therapy. Because currently in the UK and around the world, doctors are paid on and rewarded on the time they finish that procedure. Yeah. So they finish the filling, they get paid for that filling. They mm -hmm. finish the extraction, they get paid for that extraction. Mm -hmm. They get finished the crown, they get paid for that crown. I believe they should only get paid five years later. There should be a success fee. Why? Because, hey man, you said you did a good job. Let's wait. Oh. <laughs> I said that, that would be an unpopular I, opinion. I, I, yeah, yeah, but excuse me, are you here for a, for a, a year or are you here for the next 30 years? Because yeah. if you're here for the next 30 years, what are you scared of? Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. What are you scared of? Hmm. Invest. It's a bit like bankers' bonuses, I know, it's, well, in, in that sort yeah, of bizarre saying, way I'm that you're saying saying that that money down. I'm not saying they have to like it. Now, that obviously is not really going to work. I think it will in some treatments, but not. it won't. But there's a way to do it. How about, for example, all aligner systems in the world today. I'm not going to call any names out. Right? <laughs> Multi-billion dollar industry. Rewards doctors on the volume of sales. Yes, currently. Currently, yeah. 
How about they start to change that and reward them on quality of outcome? And you could say, well, how would that work? Well, I scan, I send my scan out, I work on the treatment therapy and I get my aligners in a box. Cool. Let's argue that all patients are compliant or a large majority are compliant and everything's done properly. Mm -hmm. That would mean that if the patient's compliant and the dentist is going to do at the end of the therapy, if I scan again and send that back, that overlap between my treatment plan and final solution should be the same. Yeah, should be Within done. a That's margin cool. of yeah, 5 yeah, to 10%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go 5 10%. Now pay me. So the second that the industry mm. understands that, you start improving the quality. I said the quality quality control aspect, mm. doesn't it? Because you're now saying and I've delivered. Mm. So that's where technology comes in, because unfortunately, fraud um, or even the calibration of language. Mm. Did you do a good job? I did a great job. Define great job. Mm. At what level are you going? What? How are you? What's your metric? Are you using two dimensional film X-ray mm. to evaluate the quality of your root canal, or are you using advanced three D CBCT? Mm. Mm. So do you understand what I'm trying yeah. to say? Did you use a rubber dam? Yes. Prove it. Oh, how do we going to prove that? What's the camera showing? Yeah. Mm. So there will be technologies that will control 100%. Where do we see this? In aviation. Mm. Where do we see this? In heart surgery. There's, there's, there's a redundancy in every step of the way. So wearable technologies like your glasses mm. right now. So Google Lens came out a few years ago with that, but Apple is now coming out mm. with Apple Lens. And it will be a short leap to understand that very quickly doctors will be obliged to be a wearable technology that will read the QR codes on the material. Mm. It will tell if it was in the Best Buy date. It will recognize if he's used or not used the rubber dam. Mm. And it won't inform just his boss. It will inform the patient. Mm. And the patient will be told if the doctor followed due, due process. I mean, that's a real differentiator because some schemes that will remain nameless, they they reward and identify for the volume, yeah, yeah, not uh, the quality. And, 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 but something like this sort of says, "Well, I'm going to I'm going to get this because he's got a 98 percent success." I think rate. until don't, don't, well, don't get me wrong, there's probably more three star hotels in the world than five star hotels, mm. right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. more motels. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. What is the value proposition of a motel versus a five-star hotel? Let me just discuss. Mm. The top 10 are the same. There's a bed, there's a pillow, there's a blanket, there's a door, there's a toilet, there's a shower, there's a bar of soap, yeah. there's a blanket, there's a carpet, mm -hmm. there's a reception, there's a phone. Oh, then why is one child? We all know that. So I think that a certain part of the population will pay for that. But you give choice then, don't yes. you? The, the choice is then informed. Yeah, but definitely. Currently in the dental market, what's a good dentist versus a bad dentist? Yeah. How do we know? Oh, but he's so nice. Well, seriously? Yeah, that's the only definer. So let's define what is a... Nice and didn't hurt, wasn't too expensive. There we go. Mm. So why do patients choose dentists today? Close to home, payment schemes, insurance, referral, uh, um, nice, uh, no pain, and they've heard good things about it. What really matters? None of that. Mm. What really matters is precision fit, no leakage, mm. quality of the materials, mechanics, mm. occlusion, good treatment plan, mm. because now we're looking into longevity. And that's an actual metric that can analyze that. So here's what I will think in the future, that corporates will have scanning stations, the, 
cloud AI-driven will diagnose treatment plan, refer to the best dentist within the network, will control the entire supply chain of materials, will make sure that the materials that were suggested were used by how, but once the treatment is finished, or each phase of the treatment is finished, that patient is scanned again, that will get back to the cloud and the AI will understand if any corners were cut. Dentists won't get rewarded if corners were cut. That information is shared with the patients and everybody's happy at the end of the day. If you are not a good dentist, you should not go work in one of these. Because you're not going to be. And I suppose until recently, the, the easiest metric is always a numerical one. You know, sell more, you get a higher number because mm -hmm. we can measure numbers very easily. Europe bankers and former bankers and business people, you go to the US today, or I'm sure many places in the UK. How, just a generic question, dentist to dentist, how was your year? Man, I made so much yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, financial or, metric. Man, or... I paced 3,000 implants. Man, I had 500 crowns. It's numbers. It's man, easy to I measure. Man, I 50 patients a day. Yeah. Okay. Don't you think the right answer should be, I had zero failure? Mm. Mm. Every single one of my patients is happy with the treatment that we did 10 years later. Mm. Do you want me to show you 20-year follow-ups? That's why I'm on stage. Mm. Not because I'm doing big you know, marketing. Mm. I've got 20 year follow-ups, do you understand? Mm. I've been in the business for 20 years at the highest level. And when you're like a Formula One driver, you're not there because you're nice, you're there because you're winning races. Mm. And you are not the most important person on the team. The engineers are. Yeah, the, the team. Guy who could yeah, the yeah, yeah. The, even I would even argue that the lady that cleans the paddock floor, because if there's an oil stain yeah. there, you've got mm. a lady or man, I'm sorry, you know, that cleans the paddock floor, because if, if you don't clean that stain, mm pilot falls and breaks his elbows everybody's important on a team it's a really interesting one as well isn't it because you, you quite often with the dentists uh, well some dentists um they see themselves as the you know i am no, i am yeah. the clinic whereas what what you're saying and what you exhibit and i think you're right is the fact of everybody is important in that whole it's transaction a, it's an ecosystem yeah it is and people talk about sustainability and uh, sustainability said what does sustainability mean to, to you well most people would equate it to the sustainability of the planet mm. i think sustainability in dentistry is everybody winning mm. everybody winning and that means that some can't win more than others and that's nothing to do with communism or socialism or anything it, it's pure capitalism and if you think about it, if everybody's winning one of the metric has to be the patient's health mm. that's a great point mm. I think, yeah, definitely. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dentology, where we discuss the business of dentistry. If you like what you heard, please do subscribe where you found this episode. That would be amazing. And also follow us on Instagram.